Hi everyone, I'm Pastor Chris, the lead pastor here at New Life. Thank you so much for joining us online. This is the third week of worshiping at home, and if you've been with us all three weeks, thank you so much. If you're here for the first time, we're so glad that you have joined us. While we're all getting used to social distancing at this point, we weren't created for social distancing. We were created for intimacy with God and with each other. God created us for a relationship with himself, and he sent his only son, Jesus, so that we could have that relationship and his Holy Spirit to live inside of us so we could have his presence with us who believe in his son, Jesus, Savior and Lord. God also created us to love and to live in fellowship with each other. Now, that means that he created us to experience up close and personal relationships, and we haven't been able to do it. In fact, the last few weeks, the way we've been touching each other has been online through the internet, and uh, I can't wait to be back here at New Life with all of you. I can't wait to have you all worshiping in the room. I mean, I can look out and and I can see some of your faces uh, through the camera, but it's not the same as having you in the worship center where we can go through God's truth together or I can meet you before or after service and we can give each other a high five or a hug. I'm looking forward to that day again. I'll be honest with you. I enjoy so much that opportunity to raise our hands and our hearts and our voices in worship and the worship team once again, even though it's online, it's just such a powerful expression of God's presence and power through, through song. And I thank, I thank them so much for their ministry. But at the same time, being an extreme extrovert as I am, this whole social distancing thing, it's about as natural to me as breathing water. The weekend uh, right now, we're focusing on, once again, the situation that's before us. The message is titled, Whatever. Now, when I say whatever, a lot of images probably might come to your mind. You might think of that smart remark from your spouse or a friend or a coworker who says whatever when you ask them to do something, which means, well, I don't care. I'm not going to do it anyway. Whatever you say doesn't really matter to me. Or maybe you're thinking of a cooperative spouse or friend or coworker who says, whatever, meaning I'll do whatever you need me to do because I love you. Well, when I say whatever uh, at this particular moment, what I'm talking about is one word that the Apostle Paul used to summarize how we're supposed to live our lives in times such as this, in negative times. In fact, he was going through about as negative a time as anyone could ever face. He was in prison, he was facing execution, and yet he used the word whatever in such a powerful way. And that's what we're going to look at as we turn to the scriptures today. Before we do that, we're going to look at the take-home point. For those of you who are new, never watched online before, the take-home point is the one point that we're going to make from Scripture that we want to take home since you're already there. I guess at home you can use it uh, so that we can live out God's purposes in our lives. And so the take-home point, before we turn there, let me say some of you like to take notes. I know that. I see you every weekend when you're in the worship center getting out the outline that's always in our connection. Well, that outline's available once again through version. So you just get out your phone or you know, your electronic device. You go to the version, and at the very bottom it says more. So you click on more and then you go to events. And when you click on events, it says New Life Christian Ministries. You click on New Life Christian Ministries, and there will be the outline. And at the very bottom will also be the scriptures that we're using for our message. So if you want to do that, go ahead. But here's the take-home point. Whatever happens, the peace of God and the God of peace are with us. Whatever happens, the, the peace of God and the God of peace are with us. Now, given everything that we've been going through these past several weeks with the whole COVID-19 pandemic, if we want to live victorious, we definitely need 
the peace of God and the God of peace in our lives. Each of us has been impacted by that COVID-19 pandemic, whether it's not being able to go to school or maybe not being able to go to work, whether it's not being able to, you know, find a place in your house where there's not somebody because there's just so many people around, or maybe you're all alone and you just haven't been able to be around anybody. It could be any of those things, or, or maybe it could be some little things. You know, like not being able to find paper products at the grocery store or not being able to go out to a restaurant and sit down with some friends just to share a meal together. It it sure seems a lot to me these last few weeks, it's been sort of like being nibbled to death by a duck, if you know what I'm saying. There's been just a lot of little things that just driving me crazy, maybe driving you crazy as well. Probably all of us, if we haven't said it, we're thinking, enough already. We know... Around the country and around the world, there are people that have been impacted severely by this pandemic. There are people who have lost loved ones, people who are struggling, struggling with sickness. And I found out earlier in the week that one of my classmates from Princeton was one of the first um, coronavirus cases diagnosed in Allegheny County. So it's a little more personal to me than it has been up to this point. But even as I mentioned these things, whether it's the big things or the little things, All of us are ready for some relief at this point. The Apostle Paul wrote a message to a church that he loved when he himself was in a literal prison. He wasn't just social distancing. He was in a prison cell. And he was facing a life or death situation. He didn't know if today was the day when the emperor was going to sign the execution order or it was going to be another day. And the reason was because he was simply because he was trusting Jesus. And serving Jesus in his everyday life. In the midst of all that, he wrote an amazingly encouraging letter to a church in a place called Philippi. And as he neared the close of the letter, he wrote some incredibly encouraging words. And that's what we're going to look at as we turn to Philippians chapter 4. He's going to talk about the peace of God and the God of peace. Before we turn there, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that whatever we're facing right now, whatever we're facing right now, We can face it because you are our God. We thank you that you are in control. We thank you that you are the God of miracles. That you're a God that means we don't have to be afraid because you have this. God, we pray tonight. We pray today. We pray in this moment in our lives that your Holy Spirit will touch each and every one of us. That you'll open our minds, open our hearts, open our lives. That we might hear your word and not just hear your word but that we might take it into our lives and be changed and transformed so that we can rejoice and live in victory whatever we face. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have a Bible or Bible app handy, would you turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. Philippians is about three-fourths of the way through the New Testament. If you have an actual Bible, you go to the New Testament, which is the last third of the Bible. You go about three-fourths of the way through there, and there's Philippians. We're going to look at Philippians 4, 4 to 9. So Paul wrote these words, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received 
or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Did you catch Paul's whatevers? They start verse 8 and verse 9. But before we look at the whatevers, let's look at what Paul said and how he challenged the Philippian believers and us to live through whatever we face. So Paul wrote, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Rejoice means be filled with joy. Paul didn't say it once. He said it twice for emphasis. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Remember, Paul wasn't exhorting the Philippian believers to rejoice because the stock market had just gone through the roof and everybody was feeling giddy and carefree. He was writing from a prison cell knowing that he might be executed at any moment. And he knew that the Philippian readers were facing being rejected and and actually imprisoned as well simply because they trusted in Jesus. In all of that, Paul told them to rejoice, not once, but twice. Why would he say that? Well, because the Lord is near. Paul said the Lord is near, and he meant one of two things. He either meant Jesus is coming back soon, or he meant the Lord is near us. He's within us because of the Holy Spirit's present in us. So we can rejoice whatever we face, whatever. Paul reminded us to let our gentleness be evident to all. If you have the ESV, it says, let your reasonableness be evident to all. And the NLT reads, let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Paul's point was very simple. As Jesus followers, our lives ought to be different in times of challenge than those without him in their lives. Can people tell Jesus is Savior and Lord in your life right now? as you negotiate your way through all that's going on with this COVID-19 pandemic? Is anyone watching you and saying, I want to be like him. I want to be like her. I want to negotiate this mess the way they're doing it. Paul wanted us to remember that Jesus sacrificed his life for us so that we could rejoice whatever comes. The next time we're tempted to mutter something negative about everything that's going on right now, let's rejoice and then rejoice again. Paul's next words go right to the heart of how our lives will be different from those who are living without Jesus' presence as we navigate our way through this current situation. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Anxiety is totally normal. It's totally natural for what we're going through right now especially what we've been going through these past several weeks. So much uncertainty confronts us all on every turn. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Paul faced the ultimate uncertainty. Will I be alive tomorrow? Or will that, that be the day the emperor signs the execution order? When he wrote, do not be anxious about anything, he knew what he was writing. Only the supernatural peace of God can soothe our anxieties at times such as this. I'm not talking about whistling in the dark. I'm not talking about putting our rose-colored glasses on and pretending that everything's okay. I'm talking about Paul telling us that everything, in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, we present our requests to God. Prayer is our first resort. It's not our last resort. God wants to hear our requests. He wants to know what we need in our lives right now. He's waiting for us to turn to him and to rely on him and also to thank him for everything that he's done. When I came back from India a couple weeks ago, 
I was reminded of all the little things that God provides me here in America that I can so easily take for granted. I remembered hot, clean water to take a shower. What about turning on the faucet and putting my glass on her and just drink the water right out of the faucet? What about eating some food and not having to worry that it's going to make me sick? What about breathing air that isn't filled with dust and dirt? Or how about not having to take malaria medicine every day? Did I mention hot water to take a shower? You see, I'm not minimizing your situation or mine. I'm saying that in this situation, nearly every single one of us have hundreds of things for which to give thanks to God, even right now. Paul reminded us not to be anxious for anything because we could pray and give thanks to God. That's the solution to so much of what we experience in the mundane things of life and in tumultuous times like this. It's very simple. Pray, give thanks, and give our anxiety to Jesus. Pray, give thanks, and give our anxiety to Jesus. Paul moved toward his conclusion with these words. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true... Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now there is Paul's list of whatevers. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul was talking about a lot more than positive attitude or you know the PMAs, positive mental attitudes. He was saying... There's a struggle going on inside of all of us. He acknowledged that. He, he wrote about it in nearly all of his letters. What he was saying is there is an old nature inside of us. Sometimes Paul called it the flesh. And the flesh is struggling with the Holy Spirit. And when the flesh is in charge, it's very easy for us to be negative. It's very easy for us to be filled with anxiety. It's easy for us to look around at people and situations and think only of the negative. But the Holy Spirit is inside of those of us who believe. And he looks for the true. He looks for the noble, the right, the pure, the lovely, the admirable, the excellent, and the praiseworthy. And he thinks about those things. And he lives into those realities, no matter what's going on outside of us. One of the reasons I always avoided Facebook up until the past few weeks is because of how negative it was. Everywhere I I looked on Facebook, it was just negative, negative, negative. But over the past several weeks... I've used Facebook to post a daily encouraging scripture, opportunity to reflect on God's word and share it with people who, are, who desire to, to, to think about those kind of things during this kind of time. I've given updates about what's going on at New Life on Tuesdays and Fridays. I've encouraged and prayed for friends and even strangers on Facebook. Pastor Mark has led a live prayer time on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Pastor Alex and New Life students are also meeting on Facebook, and we're worshiping right here, right now on Facebook. All of those things are so good. I've realized that Facebook can be used to promote whatever is true and noble and right and pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Paul could advance those things from a prison cell. And what Paul said is, we can advance such things in our lives, whatever is happening in our lives right now. Every form of technology ever invented has the the potential to advance Paul's whatevers, as well as the opposite. Sure, I could list a bunch of negative, hate-filled posts that I've seen on Facebook, but right now, I'm grateful I get the opportunity to use it to share the love of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, the life of Jesus with so many people, more than I could ever do in person. 
Paul's list can be seen as a little theoretical, don't you think? I mean, he says whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. A lot of folks would argue about what is or isn't lovely or, or even true for that matter. But Paul closed out his instructions by being extremely personal and extremely practical. He said, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. When Paul wrote to another church, the church in Corinth, he penned these words, even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. Paul took his leadership in the lives of the people in the churches that he started extremely seriously. He took it very personally. He saw himself as a spiritual father, not just a teacher or a guardian. That's why he told people that he discipled them, that he discipled to imitate him. Here's a critical question for each of us right now. Do you want people to imitate the way you are living through this time? Do you want people to imitate the way you are living through this time? Paul told the Philippian believers, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. Why did he say that? Because he said, if you did that, then the God of peace will be with you. He told the Corinthian believers that they should imitate him. Why? So the God of peace would be with you. So last week, I told everyone during my message that Sometimes we can show the love of Jesus in very small ways. It doesn't have to be something big. We don't have to, to do some major thing to show Jesus' love. And I suggested something very simple. I said you could call an elderly friend or neighbor who might not be able to get out in this challenging time. So as I drove home from worship, I started thinking about an elderly friend from Gypsy, Pennsylvania, where I grew up. She's actually like a second mother to me. And as I was driving home thinking about her, I realized I hadn't talked to her for a very long time. Now, the Holy Spirit convicted me. He said, well, are you going to call her? So I did. I called her, and when I called her, I found out that she had been in the hospital for 11 days recently. I found out that her husband is currently in a nursing home, and of course, she can't even go visit him because of all the restrictions that are going on. As I listened to her, I didn't change her situation. But what did happen is her, her voice softened, her spirits lifted. And that's what we can do. And I wonder how many times in our lives we miss opportunities like that because we're too busy or because we think we're too busy or, or whatever. I've been following Jesus for more than 50 years, and I've been a pastor for nearly 36 of those years. If you can't imitate me so that you can experience the God of peace in your life, then there's something wrong with me. Now, that's a loaded statement, isn't it? There's still a lot of things wrong with me. But that being said, my focus is more on Paul's whatevers than the world's whatevers than it ever has been. My focus is more on letting the Holy Spirit lead in my life than letting the flesh lead in my life. We need to stand up and be counted right now because some of you are at that stage in your life too. You've been following Jesus for a long time. People ought to be able to look at you right now and they ought to be able to follow the way you're talking and living because you're living in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to cast our anxieties on Jesus right now. We need to rejoice in the midst of all of this right now. We need to give thanks to God for all our blessings. And we need to find everything we can right now that's true and noble and right and pure and lovely, admirable, excellent and praiseworthy. And we need to live into them with everyone around us.
If you are young in your faith in Jesus right now, then let this be a time when you lean into the Holy Spirit and let his presence and power give you strength for living in ways that we cannot live in our own flesh. He will give you power to rejoice when you're sad or lonely or afraid. He will give you the ability to pray instead of worry. I want you to think about this. I've been thinking a lot about this myself. We can take the same amount of energy to either pray or worry. I mean, it takes the same amount of energy to worry or pray. And worrying leads to nothing good. But prayer changes the world. At my age, most people are younger than me right now. I mean, most people could either be my children or my grandchildren at this point in my life. Some of you see me as a spiritual father, and I know that. And I take that extremely seriously. James said that not many of us should be teachers because we will be judged more strictly than others. I didn't choose this role for my life, the role of pastor. In fact, I ran away from that role for the first five years after God called me to it. But I finally realized something. The only way that my life could be fulfilled in this life is to do what God called me to do with it, and that's to be a pastor. I love being the lead pastor of New Life Christian Ministries, but that hasn't always been so. I didn't love being a pastor, period. Thankfully, Jesus is patient. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit is powerful. I don't know if you realize, but the Apostle Paul started out as a murderer and a destroyer of the church. He ended by being able to say, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. That means there's hope for you and me too. Notice Paul said, when we practice his whatevers, we will have the peace of God and the God of peace in our lives. Do you want the peace of God and the God of peace in your life right now? That's a vital question. Not everyone does. You know, there are some people who thrive on chaos, not in chaos. We're all going through chaos, but some people thrive on chaos. They want the thrill of disruption in their lives. Paul offered the disruption of disruption in our lives. He offered joy in suffering and uncertainty. He offered peace in the middle of the storms and chaos of our lives. He offered the God of peace's constant presence with us. And, all com- and it all comes when we put Jesus first in our lives. When whatever happens, we look to him first before we look to the world or the news or anything else. Paul told the Roman Christians, if we want to know Jesus, if we want to know life as it's truly intended to be lived, we don't have to do something really difficult. It's actually very simple. All we have to do is confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And Paul said we would be saved and we can have the God of peace and the peace of God once we do that. So I want you to look at a prayer right now. Maybe you don't have the peace of God or the God of peace in your life. And here's the prayer. It says this, Heavenly Father, I want your peace and I want you to be in charge of my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to disrupt the chaos of our world and to put an end to the consequences of sin and death. I surrender my life to you that Jesus may come in and be Lord and Savior right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may live the whatevers Paul called us to live starting right now. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe you've already prayed a prayer like that, but even so, right now, you're not feeling like rejoicing. You're not feeling like giving thanks 
Maybe your life is still filled with negativity and anxiety and fear. You want to think about the things that are true and noble and right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, but you just keep focusing on everything that's the opposite. Your life is not what you want it to be or what you know it could be if the Holy Spirit was really in charge. You can pray that prayer too. You don't have to pray just because you don't know Jesus as Savior and Lord. And Savior means the one who saves us from sin and death. And Lord means owner. You might just need to recommit yourself to living in victory over all of the anxiety, over all the fear, over all the stuff that's going on in our lives right now. So whether you need to pray the first time or just make a recommitment, pray this prayer with me right in your home, right where you are. Just turn your heart and your mind and your spirit to God and say it with me. Heavenly Father, I want your peace and I want you to be in charge of my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to disrupt the chaos of our world, to put an end to the consequences of sin and death. I surrender my life to you that Jesus may come in and be Lord and Savior right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may live the whatever's Paul called us to live starting right now. This I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Wherever you are in your walk with Jesus, maybe you're just taking your first step, or maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a little while, or maybe like me, you're nearing the end of the path of the journey of walking with Jesus in this life. Wherever it is, here's today's next step, the next thing we can do to live into this victorious life in Jesus Christ. Whatever happens, I will let the peace of God and the God of peace rule my life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at that one more time. Whatever happens, whatever happens, I will let the peace of God and the God of peace rule my life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Please understand, that is not a magical statement. It's simply a supernatural reality that each of us gets to live whatever we face, whatever we face right now, so long as we trust Jesus and live with Paul's whatevers instead of the world's. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for sending Jesus. If there was ever a time when the world needed Jesus, it's right now. God, we pray that you will glorify yourself in this time in our lives. We ask God that you will use us as the salt and light Jesus says we are. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, new and fresh. And God, I pray especially for those folks who prayed that prayer to ask Jesus to be their Lord and Savior right now, that you will give them an extra measure of your Spirit. And those who recommitted their lives to you, God, and for all of us, let us live in the victory that we have in your Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.